Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson, your host, here with you, of course, along with my other two stooges, my brother Aaron. Hello. And Senior Archie Mitchell. Hola. And uh, this week... Who's Larry? Who's Larry? Hmm. I think I'm Larry. Who's Mo? I think you're Mo. I guess, I guess that. I guess, I guess we know. I guess we know who Curly is. <laughs> you can be Shemp if you want. That's David Gold. Nobody okay. wants to be Shemp. <laughs> Shemp didn't even want to be Shemp. Yeah, Shemp was like, "Fuck." <laughs> it's like it's like being the other Marx brother. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Anybody that tells you that their three students involved Shemp is a liar, and they just want to be different. They're a liar. They're a troll. Yes. Yeah, but honestly, when you saw it like the other Marx brother, I think he gets a lot of bad rap. But he does, and I actually, I actually have always heard that he was super funny. Oh yeah, they didn't let him be. He, they made him be the straight man, pretty much. No, it wasn't even that. It was that that Zep was the funniest of them. But when like the can, he was like Brad Armstrong. Like when the fucking camera came on, he was just like, mm. and he was also he he was also when you really think about it, he was also the best actor of the bunch. Yeah, you know, like an actual right. actor. Groucho yeah. Groucho wasn't acting. Groucho was just being fucking Groucho. Yeah, right. And and, and Harpo, they said like in um, this is stupid because we're talking we're on the weekend wrestling podcast. So we're talking about it doesn't matter. It's the fucking Marx Brothers. But right. they said they said in scripts for the Marx Brothers movies or films, whatever they called them at that time, it would be like this happens. Uh, like there'd be like script, 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 like text of of people saying things, and then it would be like Harpo does something funny. Yeah. They didn't even write shit for Harpo. Yeah. Obviously, they need to they write things for him because he doesn't speak. But they were just like, yeah, Harpo's just going to be funny. But, <laughs> but, but Zeppo, he was just like, he was funny in his own way because he was just in the middle of this chaotic shit. I'm going to, I'm going to close this week's show. Now that we're talking about the Marsh Brothers, I'm going to close this week's show with I must be going. We just the started. We won't, this would be the shortest episode ever if we posted <laughs> right now. I mean, I'll put it at the end. How's that? The African Explorer. <laughs> Shout out <laughs> my pajamas. How I got in my pajamas? Oh my. I never know. 
we took pictures of the African girls. They haven't developed yet, but we're going back next year, and we're really hopeful. <laughs> Great fucking line. Mm-hmm. There you are. I bet. I, I bet. The stove. Where's the stove? She was fun, too. Uh, I, I bagged. I, I bagged. I bagged a tiger outside my tent. Bagged him to leave for week for m- hours, and he would just wouldn't go. Yeah. Margaret Dumont. Yes. Yeah, Margaret Dumont. She was. She's kind of like Zeppo. Yeah. Wouldn't work without her. The uh, the <coughs> the premise of this week's We Can't Wrestle podcast is we are all taking random years that we picked or I picked Aaron's. And we are going to build, we've done this before a few years ago in the past, but we are going to build dream cards. You can use any wrestler from that year that was active and build a dream card, a dream pro wrestling card from that particular year. This year, this week, Aaron is going to be doing the year, the year 2000 from Conan O'Brien. We're on it. We're all on it. Anyway, <laughs> um, I picked 1991. So I'll do that at some point. Archie, what year did you pick? 99, I believe. And David Gold picked 1996. I don't remember. 1996. Okay. And I'll say this because he's eventually going to listen to it, and that's fine. He picked 96, but he'll get super busy. He won't be able to come on, and then we won't have him on the show. So <laughs> let's just call it Space Made. David Gold, big dog, and everybody here at the Weekend Wrestle Podcast. He's if he a Roman Reigns. If he doesn't show up, i <laughs> He I'll do a ninety six. I can fucking. I'll tell you what that. You'll you'll book half. I'll book half. Right. I'll get Maje- I'll get Majeski to do a ninety six. Yeah, somebody. So we eating waffles. Before we get started, I don't know if you guys brought a question, but I brought a question this week. Yes, I have a question. I All don't right. have my dream card yet. I'll be Aaron going first because I've been racking my brain on having what what do I want to do for a dream card. But I do have my question. All right. All right, cool. Well, we are going to do our questions to start the show, and then Aaron will do his dream card. My question for you guys, and I'm going to say, I'm going to quantify this by saying, out of this, I would, I would, uh, something like, say, the Marx Brothers movies, I would disqual, I wouldn't disqualify them, but I wouldn't put them in, because then I'd just be like all Marx Brothers and some, but anyway, it doesn't matter. The question is, your three favorite comedic films. Oh, okay. Aaron, you want to go first? Um, just just comedy films. <coughs> yep, your three favorite comedic films. Um, do they have to be in order? Or can I just? Say no, what? no, no. All right. Um, used cars. Mm-hmm. I choice. love used cars. Great choice. Like most people don't know used cars, but it's a fucking great movie. Um, Youth Cars, um, Raising Arizona. Love that movie. And just a movie that just makes me laugh my ass. Honey! What? Go ahead, sorry. Youth Cars, Raising Arizona. Boy, you got a penny on your head. <laughs> you got a penny on your head. Like, John. Yeah, that back to wrestling. Um, every time um, Hercules would come out as, as Super Invader, Mm-hmm. On WWE, I watch it, so I think, like, son, you got a penny on your head. <laughs> uh, yeah, John you- Goodman is like, he's like the best thing about that movie, but he's so hidden in it. 
because of how well Nicolas Cage is in it with Holly Hunter and everything. Mm-hmm. Like John Goodman is my favorite part of that movie. When that's he rakes like, his hands against the roof while he's fighting Nicolas Cage and he lets out that noise, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> no, and, and that's the thing, like, John Goodman, this is a funny, like, to you, like, John Goodman's the funniest thing in the movie. Nobody is bad in that fucking movie. No, yeah. nobody. It's nobody. fucking great. It, 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 it's one of, <clears throat> one of, if not the greatest fucking movie, like, funniest movie ever made. But Used Cars, Raising Arizona, and how do I want to, like, my, my picks are stupid because nobody else, well, you guys like Raising I know them. I, I know, I know you're sorry. I, I can watch a movie and, and, and it's just, it makes me laugh every time I watch it. Fucking stay tuned. Yeah, that's a great What's movie. What's not to love about that movie? Oh my God. <laughs> like, like those are three movies that every time I watch them, I fucking laugh. <laughs> John, Ritter, and, 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 John Ritter is fantastic. And I'll put like a caveat on it and one that I was going to say before stay tuned. But to me, stay tuned's better than it is airplane. I agree with that. But if I had to take stay tuned off, but I'd replace it with airplane. But yeah, I mean, we could we could do a we could do a whole show ranking like our top ten comedy movies, which maybe we'll do that sometime. But you slam me with that, and it's like, dude. Yeah, I know. I know. I I like drama movies and shit like that, but I love a good fucking. I could make. Archie. The only yeah. thing, the only thing I don't overindulge in is like super gritty horror movies. Yeah, I hate I'll watch movies. a Freddy or a Jason. Kendall and I are like Kendall and I them. Kendall and I are horror cinema fans. So I I, I can't tell but, you like like what I don't. If you would ask me like, oh, what's your favorite horror movie? It's like I have no idea. Fucking other, in Manhattan because uh, I had to other sit than that. <laughs> <laughs> other, other than uh, other than sci-fi movies and Marvel movies, the genre that I am the least interested in is action movies. I'm not an action movie. Okay, guy. understandable. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to fucking watch. I've never. I've watched. I have watched thirty minutes of one Fast and Furious movie. I will never see any more Fast. I will never. I'll never. I'm just never. I don't want to waste my time watching something <laughs> I know I'm not going to like. After the first one, it did really go downhill. I won't like. Well, let me ask you this, Nate, real quick. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get to Archie's comedy movies. Like when you said, oh, I don't like action movies. I understand that. Is Die Hard and Lethal Weapon action movies, though? Those I look at Lethal Weapon as a comedy. Those are different. I look at Lethal Weapon as a comedy. Die Hard, Die Hard, yes, I would say yes. And I'm not saying I'd never like an action. I'm just saying, right. like, if I'm if I'm picking movie night, you know, I'm not going to be the guy that picks picks the action movie. I get it, and and right. and, and kind of what Arch was saying, it's like those aren't like completely action movies. Like, there's humor to it and the story and shit right. like that. Like, when I think of like an action movie, I think of like fucking Steven Seagal, right? Yeah. Or, or Commando with John with the. Uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, or more, Arnold more, more modern. I'll say like John Wick or right. J- Jason right. Bourne or something. Like, I'm not going to watch that stuff. I don't. <laughs> know. But Archie, what are your three comedic films? On my list is a movie uh, with Matthew Broderick and Marlon Brando called The Freshman. It's a good movie. I'm not sure if you guys have ever seen. Okay, yeah. you, you see it's a that. good flick. Yeah, uh, everything about that. But Matthew Broderick is always. It's Ferris Bueller. I mean, number one cop. That's that's my number one. I'm going to tell you that now. Mm-hmm. But 
that movie with Marlon Brando and the way that they talk about the Godfather, but he's not Marlon Brando. It's just everything about it makes me laugh. Um, and, and, and you know what I like about Matt Broderick? What? He's with Sarah Jessica Parker. Okay, they're, mm-hmm. a, they're, they're a couple. Matthew Broderick and Sarah Jessica Parker are like perfect celebrities. Right. You never hear anything bad about them. You never hear anything about them. Yeah, they're just right. still making money and they're still being fine, and they just got like they're acting. Acting's just their job, you know. Other than that, they're just right. people. Yeah. <laughs> right. And Matt um, Broderick is fantastic. Ferris Bueller is my number one. I can recite the first thirty-five minutes of that movie for you in my sleep. That's how much I've watched it, and it got so bad that one more. My son was eight years old. The movie started, and I didn't realize he's had he's watched it with me before so much. He started doing it, and I just looked at him and went, "Okay, I'm not a bad dad after all." <laughs> yeah, first. <bit. laughs> and number three is um. The uh, movie would I keep I always forget the name I want to call it War of the Worlds, but it's Mel Brooks uh, where he says the line "It's good to be the king." History of the, the world. Of, history of the history world. I always want to call it War the of the Ethiopian Shimsham. Is <laughs> it Nazis in space? You goes, you you've mentioned you, no Jews in space. B. Arthur, what do you do for a living? Philosopher? Ah, <laughs> bullshit oh, artist. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's not Nazi, it's Jews a movie uh, a couple of shows ago called the Sometimes You Fried movie mm-hmm. and that's my favorite oh. kind of com- like that uh, history of the world I like a sketch comedy movie where everything just Kentucky keeps Fried jumping movie? yeah, yeah. That's- oh, Kentucky Fried movie is fantastic it's amazing like, it, like when I was a kid and I watched mm-hmm. that movie it was the first movie where I was like looking around. Yep. Like, I <laughs> Am I allowed to be watching? I'm not watch allowed to watch this. this, right? Yeah, I don't know if I'm allowed to watch this. Yep. Yep. Oh, I love that fight where she's like, "Show me your nuts." He's like, <laughs> 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 "Oh, it's so fucking funny." God damn! And they do like the 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 fucking. Um, movie like the guy goes to watch the movie and it's gonna be yeah. like like interactive movie or whatever and like he's getting smacked around to rub it smack around perfume on him. Yeah and then they're like <laughs> stick around for the next showing deep throat. I guess like, <laughs> <laughs> and the the movie theater guy said a big smile on his face. Yeah. Fucking great movie. If you I'll definitely perform called Big Jim. That is the first movie that I ever sat down and watched. I was like, that's that important for me. When I watched those two movies as a kid, I was over, like you said, Aaron, I would look around going, Am I about to get in trouble? Like, yeah, like, who's about to kill me? And I look at it now and I'm like, why did somebody let me watch this? Right, right. <laughs> I rented this from Video Connection. <laughs> like I was like, oh, I want to watch Kentucky Fried Movie. I, I when, I, when know, I, I know what Nate's number one's going to be, and I feel stupid for not saying it. Well, that's all right. And and again, also, I had time to kind of think about it. This is a question I thrust upon oh, you guys, but. I, and what I thought about was, what are those comedy movies that? Because there's lots of, you know, we talk about the Marx Brothers. Aaron I really and I go feel back, like an asshole you know, for not putting what you're going to put on. But, your list. but I also thought about what what I was like. All right, 
it's hard because we are comedic people to pick your favorites because there's like you said, I mean, I could, I could rattle off 20 right now. What I thought about is what are the ones I watch the most, you know, and I got to get, it's not in the three. I didn't write it down in the three, but as we were talking, I was thinking about it. I got to give a nod because none of us mentioned it. No, 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 no. I got to give a nod to Caddyshack. Caddyshack on my list too. But see, how do I want to say it? Like, Caddyshack is just there. You don't need a reason to watch it. If yeah, it's on, and, and, you're watching him. And like you know. I said, I know what I know what Nate's number one's gonna be because I've known him my entire life. And his movie's kind of the similar thing of what I'm gonna say. Like I'm not objectifying women or anything like that when I say this, but like, you know, when people are like, Oh, who's the and you both are married and everything like that, so you're obviously gonna say your wife, and that's fine, which you should. But like when people are like, Oh, who's the hottest chick? You don't put Jennifer Aniston on the list. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's just implied. Right. It's like, oh, who's the greatest basketball? Who, who's your favorite basketball player of all time? You don't say Michael Jordan because he's the greatest goddamn basketball player of all time. Right. You don't put him on the fucking list because he's going to be on everybody's list. And and Caddyshack, <laughs> like I don't, I don't need to tell you that Caddyshack is right. a funny right. ass fucking movie. Well, here I'll start here, coming in numero trace for me. Um it is one. It is not only one of my favorite comedic movies. It's literally one of my favorite movies of all time. It's in my top ten of all time. I love this movie. Aaron knows this. I had I had the soundtrack on cassette when I was a kid. I okay. love the nineteen eighty six Little Shop of Horrors. I love that movie. It's that movie, movie is it's it's funny. It's it's and I like the musical aspect of it. I like the tunes and it's and it's everybody's horrible. great in it. What's and that shit. Oh, Will's oh. got a pistol or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that whole thing. <laughs> now spit. He's so like Steve Martin steals the show, and the scene with him and Bill Murray is fantastic. Oh, that's great. oh, that, oh yeah. I love that movie. I love that. Like I can, I watch that movie at least twelve times a year. Like once a month, I watch that movie. It's, if so it's on. Fun. I'm watching it. And it's like. Oh, go ahead here. Sorry, like you, Bill Murray and Steve Martin steal the show. Those two got along. We were talking about like Eddie <laughs> Shack. Fucking Bill oh, Murray yeah. and Chevy Chase fucking hate each other. Couldn't yeah. stand each other. But they're one of the they're one of the best goddamn scenes in fucking Caddyshack. He's like, mm-hmm. you mind if I play through or whatever? And he's like, <laughs> got like a gigantic <laughs> bottle of wine. Yeah. You're over there. You're over there on Briar, right? <laughs> you got a pool yeah. over there. It's a little Kentucky bluegrass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Roll up and get a real good high, buddy. <laughs> like I don't know. That's not that's the exact line, but yeah, right. it's like, and, and it's just those two ripping on each other. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. I, and I firmly believe that Martin and like nobody was telling Steve Martin fucking Bill, Bill Murray, Murray. saying that goddamn scene, right? Just them riffing off each other. Mm-hmm. The, the next movie I'll list here, Johnny Dangerously. Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot that one. <laughs> you don't hang me on a oh hook, my Johnny. My, my mother, mother hung me on a hook. My mom hung me once. 
once. once. <laughs> yeah, oh my god! Yeah, Fargans. Yeah, Fargan. sneaky bastard. I'm gonna rip off. I'm gonna rip off your bios and shove them up your eyes hole. <laughs> Yes. I love the I love the headline. Maroney continues to murder the English English, English language. language. Yep. Yep. Peter Boyle, I got my I got my dork in my hand. Maroney boss. the 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 other news the other newspaper line. Maroney deported to Italy. Said I'm not from there. Yeah, Fargan sneak bastard. Your testicles and you. Like I don't yeah. know the guy's name that played that yeah Fargan's <laughs> message character. He's fucking great. I don't remember ever seeing him in another movie after that. How about that? He might have been differently looking though. They might have dolled him up for the movie with different makeup and something. But oh, and it, it, it's a it. I shouldn't say it's a crime, but um, because he's respected and everything like that, but. He doesn't get talked enough about how great fucking Michael Keaton is. Oh yeah, especially especially as a comedic actor. Yeah. Right, he started off as a comedic so, actor. Uh, he know. started out as a comedian. Like he's so right. funny. he's so goddamn funny. Yeah, and like I've I've seen shit movies. Where I'm like, man, this is a kind of a shit movie that Michael Keaton was in. But I'm like, I enjoyed Michael Keaton in it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, the only thing I liked about that movie was Michael Keaton. Right. <laughs> and my number one, Aaron Aaron knew what I was going to say. It's predictable. Everybody who knows me knows it is my favorite comedy movie of all time. I think the funniest movie of all time. And it's Blazing Saddles. Yes. Uh, and like I, mean, I said, I, I felt like an idiot. For that is a hill I'll die on. I will fight with somebody. Blazing Saddles is the funniest movie ever made. If somebody tells me Blazing Saddles isn't funny... I will punch him in the fucking <laughs> And I've had, I, I've met, honestly, only met two people, two people in my entire life that told me that movie was offensive. In what year did they think it was offensive? Well, because yeah, back then it was offensive, but not like it would have been today. It's it's still not offensive. Right. No, but it's are, absolutely like, not offensive. It, it it's making fun of stupid, ignorant people. Right. I yeah. mean, it's exactly. <laughs> like I, I try telling people the stoop like she was. I'm not gonna say her name or anything like that, but she was like a like an ultra feminist and whatever. And 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 I'm a liberal, okay, but I also like funny stuff. You know what I mean? But she was like, that movie is so offensive to minorities and this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, if you watch that fucking movie, the biggest thing they make fun of is fucking white men. Right. Uh, well, and just bigots in general. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you should and... enjoy it because they're making fun of the people you hate. Right. <laughs> Somebody's yeah. got to go back and get a shitload of dimes. I love yeah. that fucking scene. I mean, everything about that movie is great. But... What in the wild, wild world of sports <laughs> is going on here? <laughs> Can't down ladies sing this song do dar do dar anyway it's it's my favorite comedy movie of all time. Um fucking uh, Mel Brooks is playing in the Indian, he's like, let him go. He's they're darker than us. Yeah. <laughs> can't can't you see that that man is a nit? Oh, sorry. 
<laughs> then he, he grabs Clavon. He's like, can't you see that that man is a nit? <laughs> a laurel anyway. and hearty handshake. Bro. Yes, a laurel and hearty handshake. Hearty handshake. It's the dumbest fucking joke in the whole movie. <laughs> it's so goddamn funny. A laurel and hearty handshake. Gabby Johnson's right. Yeah. Um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Duck. Duck. All right. There we go. We did my question. Who wants Forget to go that next? Shit. Here, Here comes, comes Mongo. Mongo. Mongo like. Mongo like. Mongo like. Candy. Candy. <laughs> I got mm. Archie, you said earlier you could recite the first 35 minutes of Ferris Bueller. Oh, yes. As you can see, I can literally oh. recite the entire movie. I can just recite Blazing oh, yeah. Saddles as we go oh, yeah. through here. Well, it's uh, it's but, a movie that we, we see. That's the, we mentioned how were we able to watch movies like this as children? Or it was because our family loved comedy movies too. So mm-hmm. it wasn't about them being dirty or offensive. I mean, we we I know you've probably seen the meme before. How did they? Uh, 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 how did a group of people who were brought up by Andrew Dice Clay, George Carlin, Mel Brooks, Gene Wilder, how are they now right. offended by anything? No, we're not offended by anything. Our parents <laughs> yeah. aren't offended by anything. It's mm-hmm. the people that came after us that yes. do and those people as dirty and bad and, and, and you know, immoral. And the reality, I think, honestly, the reality of the situation with, like, the cancel culture thing, to be honest, mm-hmm. it's never... It's never really going to take hold. Um, Those people. Here's the thing about cancel culture, people. Okay, this is what I'll say, Mm -hmm. and and I won't. You know, I won't harp on it too long. The only reason, the only reason that that their their thing is even a thing, is just because they're the loudest. Right. There's not more of them. There's not more of them. There's more people like us that are. People that want to live Nate, their lives I, and Nate, I enjoy things. Day on Facebook. The, yeah, the, the groups. There are people who don't get. We make our jokes and people laugh at it and go along with it because they're the same as us. So if there were more cancel culture people, we wouldn't be able to do the things that we do on Facebook or on this that, podcast. Or that's like why. That. That's why the number one rule in the Motley Soup group is: if you're offended by something. <laughs> And you right. report it, I'll show you where the door is. Because the exactly. only stuff, the only stuff that's not allowed in that group is racism and pedophilia. Other than that, right. it's all fair game. You know why? Because exactly. we're all adults. <laughs> you know, if you don't like it, scroll past it. See, the thing that drives me crazy about cancel culture is, and I've said this to a million people already since this has started. It's never the people who should be offended or and want things thrown out that right. are the ones actually yep. for it. Yep. Like, I, I, and I, I'm not bringing this up in a racial way. Black Lives Matter. Yes, Black Lives Matter. But the people who were running with that the most were angry white people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, a, after a while, even African American people were like, yes, Black Lives Matter, but can but we move on and just be happy now? Con- Condoleezza you know? Rice used to t- Condoleezza. I know we're getting off way off topic for our show. But Condoleezza well, Rice used to talk about a thing called the soft bigotry of low expectations, mm-hmm. meaning well, meaning black white people <coughs> black people don't need you to fight their fight for them. Right. They're smart. Exactly. They're intelligent. They don't need you. I. I, I Anyway, all right, all right. <laughs> Getting back to questions. And this is the only thing I'm going to say, and I'm sorry I had to walk away for a minute, not because I was offended, but because I had to pee. <laughs> um, 
one of the biggest thing that pisses one of the biggest things that pisses me off is when everybody's like everybody's entitled to their opinion, and then when you state your opinion, you're like, oh my right. god, you're an asshole. Right. Like, well, I just thought you said I was entitled to my opinion. Right. right. I'm only entitled to my opinion as long as it's your fucking agree with George. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like I'm not. I'm not a Donald Trump supporter. Never was. Never will be. Okay. I don't want to do anything to do with anybody that associated with him. And I, it might have been Notre Dame. I don't. I don't know what university it was. But Mike Pence went to speak. Mm-hmm. Okay. When he was mm-hmm. the vice president, right. and when he went to speak, like almost the entire graduating class that he was like the keynote speaker for or whatever, stood up and walked out. Walked out on the vice president. Right. And and I'm not a Mike Pence fan, but to me, and I've said this a hundred million times, if the only people you want to talk to are the people that have the same opinion as you, yep. you're living you're in always a, gonna be dumb. You're living in echo you're gonna get smarter. Yep. Right. Like talk to people that have different opinions than you. If right. all you listen to is the, is the same people that have the same goddamn opinion as you, you're a fucking idiot. You can't learn that way. You can't you, fix things that way. You're never going to learn anything. You were probably a ditto head. And the thing I'll say about Blazing Saddles, getting back to the funny stuff, is um, I remember my mom, our mom, not Archie's mom, but me and Nate's <laughs> mom, talking about the first time they watched Blazing Saddles, the first time, mom, the first time you like me and my me and your dad watched Blazing Saddles, we were watching it with some of our black friends, and this movie started, and my mom said, her and dad were like, "Holy shit! Like, what is happening?" And they were just like, "We we want to make sure these everybody's not mad about this, you know?" And not not saying, "Oh no," like we've invited these people into our home and we're going to watch this movie. And then it, it starts kicking off. And they said that their friends were laughing harder at the fucking movie than they were. Yeah. You know I mean? It's a goddamn great movie. <laughs> All right. Who wants to give their question next? Go ahead, Eric. All right. It's a wrestling question. And it's a simple question, and 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 it'll probably be pretty quick. Um, you just got to pick Sean or Brett. Mm. Now, like like watching the history of their career, I was and, about I was and, about to say, and and you can't like you're on a desert island and you're about to get stranded and you have one DVD. Sean's career, Brett's career, and that's the only one you watch. Who, who, who would you want to be stranded with? If you, if you, if you asked me this question when I was in my teens and twenties, I would have said Sean Michael. Right. Um, today, I'd say Brett Hart. I I would have said like as I was saying two years ago. I would have said Shawn Michaels because 
I was a little more naive and I didn't really watch everything that had to do with uh, Sean's attitude and how he played things off and used politics. Now that I've dived deeper and I've seen what kind of asshole he was and refused to put everybody over except for Nash or Hall, I got to go with Brett. Brett was for the business. Sean was only out for himself. And and I agree with you guys. And and it and it's even different than the aspect of like the the person. Mm-hmm. I agree with you guys on the person, but because Sean or Brett basically refused one job in his entire fucking career. Right. You know and what I mean? The last one he was and, actually and, and, and and it was the principle of the matter. It wasn't of course. It, it wasn't, I'm not going to do what's best for the business. It's, I'm not going to fucking put that guy, that goddamn guy. Right. And, and every single one of us, as a person, has met that one other yep. person where they're just like, no. Fuck yep. that guy. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, everybody has that one person in their fucking life where they're like, I'm not going to this person get one over on me. Fuck them. For me, it's not even so much Sean's personality. What it is for me is looking at it from a wrestling aspect. I will never take anything away from Sean. He's one of the greatest in-ring performers of all time, and anybody who says he isn't is a liar, but... Brett but had the best believable here, here's, here's where it is for me. For me, it is... This is why I say if you'd asked me in my teens and 20s, I'd have said Sean. For me, watching Sean in the moment was dynamic. He was fucking dynamic. Right. 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 He went out there every night and put on a hell of a fucking show. He was dynamic. Now, hindsight, when I go back and watch wrestling as a as a as a I like to consider myself a student of it and a historian of it or or trying to be a historian of it, I appreciate Brett's body of work much more than I appreciate Sean. That's what I'm saying. And that's what I was gonna say. Like Above the fucking human being, it's the fact that Brett, pro wrestling's fake. We all know it's fake, but Brett's matches and what he did in the ring was, like, more believable. Yes, he took a lot of pride in that. Yeah. Anybody that can get a a good match out of Jean-Pierre Lafitte? And that gimmick is good in my book. Yeah. And it's like, how do I say? Like, do I think it's funny as shit that Sean knew that Hogan wasn't going to give it back to him? So he went out there and oversold him like a fucking. Like Scott Hall. Like Scott Hall. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Sean was being, Sean, Sean was being an asshole with Hogan, right. but he was being a professional asshole. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Brett didn't do that shit. Right. Right. Brett wouldn't have done that to Sean. He would have went out there and had a great match. And, and he wouldn't have done that to Hogan. Know. Brett doesn't like Hogan. Right. I, there's probably one thing that Shawn Michaels and Brett Hart could... There's two things. Two things that Shawn and Brett could probably <sighs> agree on. And it's that Vince McMahon knew... How to use me better than anybody else could have, and fuck Hulk Hogan. Yeah, like, that's the two things right. 
But I guarantee, and they worked a little bit in WCW, Bret Hart wasn't going to go out there and fucking flop and do all no. that shit when he worked with Hogan. Nope. Sean did it because Sean was like, fuck this guy. He's, and, and I'm not even saying Sean was wrong for doing that, but right. he didn't have respect for the business when he did it. You know what I mean? Now, I got a good question for you, Aaron. You mentioned that Sean and Brett could agree that, you know, Hogan, fuck Hogan, they both had a, a bad taste in their mouth from him. They both felt like he wouldn't do for them what he what they would have done for others. And do you think that that comes with every generation? Like where Hogan and Savage and Piper maybe looking back at Bruno and you know others and going, damn, they wouldn't have put us over, or damn, they didn't even want to be in the same ring with us. They didn't want to share with us. Uh, or do you think that was just Hogan being Hogan? Because in from what I've heard. Bruno was always about putting people over. Even if he was winning, he still put them over in a great match. I think the way I think the way they probably yeah. looked at Bruno was just that he was bitter. Yeah. Right. Um I, I, I don't think they would have looked at Bruno that way. Um it, it, it's a different dynamic, but I could understand how Hulk Hogan probably felt that and justifiably felt that way about like Bob Backlund. Right. Mm-hmm. Because Bob wasn't really, Bob was the champ, and he wasn't near the star of fucking Bruno San Martino or whatever, but he wasn't willing to put fucking Hogan over because he didn't think Hogan was a wrestler. You know what I mean? That's why they had to go um, Bob and then speak to Hogan because Bob wasn't going to drop the belt to somebody like Hogan. Um, But maybe Bob wasn't wasn't wrong, though, because if you look at it this way, it wasn't just like Bob got to drop the title and then got get back into the title picture later on. He was done for years after that. And and you know that's, that's what I'm saying. Like he was <laughs> done because he he was an ass. I should say an asshole because Bob Backlund's a nice guy. I met him. Right. Um. He got hosed because he wasn't willing to. Um advance with where wrestling was going. Right. And that's the only other thing I'll say about Brett is, and, and I don't want anybody to think, oh, Aaron's fucking giving Brett Hart, Brett Hart a reach around. Brett Hart's his big man. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's, he's like Mick Foley. Mick Foley's that same way. I right. love Mick Foley. I'll watch Mick Foley all day and never tell you, oh, I hate Cactus Jack or Mankind or Dude Love or anything like that. Entertaining him being but he's his biggest fan. Um, I just, I I don't think until the wrestling business got as big as it did, that there was that aspect of, I don't want this guy to get over on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Archie, what is your question? All right. Without looking at a Jake the Snake, a Mr. Perfect, or a Rowdy Piper, who is one wrestler that you feel should have won the world title that did not get a chance to become world heavyweight champion? Are we talking a specific promotion or just in general? And in general. Ted DiBiase. Good choice. Who's the names I can't say? Jake. Perfect. Or Rowdy Piper. Because those are the three, main three people always say. And I agree with them. 
Ted DiBiase should have Ted DiBiase should have been the NWA champion in 1981, and Ted DiBiase should have been the WWF champion sometime in the mid 80s. I agree. I agree. Um, you guys might not agree with this, but I say Arn Anderson. No, I agree with it. When Flair left the company, I think Arn was the perfect after they gave it to Luger. Arn was the perfect go-to after that. I'm not saying he would have been like, you know, a fucking three-year champion or whatever. No. But at one point in his career, Arn Anderson should have been a world champion. Agreed. I agree. And, and 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 I don't want to do. I I gave mine. I won't. I won't do a one A or one B. <laughs> but Archie, who did you think? William Regal. That's my one B. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with John Regal as well. For me, uh, even though I know he had his problems and his, his demons, Scott Hall. Yeah. Well, Scott and, Hall, and you think. know what. You look at peak. I I just I oh I have made this case before. You look at peak Razor Ramon. Mm-hmm. There was a period in '93 and '94, other than Brett, he was over like fucking road. Razor yeah. was the most over guy in that company. Definitely, hands down. End of story. Um, in my opinion, it should not have been Sean and Diesel two years back to back at WrestleMania, or rather. Sean in the WrestleMania main event two years in a row. That should have been Razor in the first one, and he should have beat Diesel for it. And then they should have had their feud, and then that would have been the easiest way to go back to, to Brett and get to Sean and Brett. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And again, like Darren said with Arn Anderson, he didn't need a three- or four-year title run, but a couple three- or four-month title run where he defended it against Diesel, Brad, Sid, Vader, you know. Might have kept mm-hmm. Vader from getting thrown in the doghouse. With Shaw, you know, right? The way Shaw did it. <laughs> but <laughs> I just think Razor had all the tools in WWE to be the world heavyweight champion. WCW was hard because Hulk, Macho Man, Nash were always there. You know what I mean? At the top of the line, and then Sting, Luger, and Giant. Mm-hmm. And so. it's like, uh, um, <coughs> you guys mind if we take a break? No, no, no. But um, on the on the Arn Anderson thing, um, you know when Foley won the belt, like the the big raw where he oh, like he that'll had, put asses in seats. Yeah, and, and and I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about Mick Foley. Um, said this about his championship reign. He didn't feel like it was Vince McMahon saying you're the guy, right? I mean, you're the you're the number one guy because because I'll say this about Mick, he's his biggest fan, but he's never going to tell you I was the main I was the main event. I was the guy drawing the money. Right, you know right. what I mean? He said one of the best things I ever heard about somebody winning a belt. He said when they gave me the belt, it was like when. Um, like the Oscars or the Emmys give somebody like a lifetime achievement award. Okay. Like you've done all of this shit. You've done everything and, and everything you've done has been for this business. So we're going to give you this one run 
as the champ. And he didn't think it was going to be like a long-term thing. He knew he was a transitional champion, but he felt it was the wrestling business feeling you've done this, you've busted your ass, you've broken your body. You threw yourself off a goddamn cell. You did all of this shit. We're going to give you this one fucking moment to say, I won the belt. Look at it, kids. Like, my kids, you know, hey, Adrian, I did it. I think it's kind of bullshit that nobody ever did that for Arn Anderson. I agree. I really do. And and, because that dude, like I said, I'm not in the wrestling business. I don't. The, the only wrestler I know that I talk to is Chad and, and I'm not knocking him or anything. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't know anything other than watching it and what I've read, but is there a less selfish human being in the wrestling business than fucking Arn Anderson? Not many. No. Oh. And, and, and that dude, at some point, somebody should have said, you know what? You're better than 99% of this goddamn roster. I agree. So let's give you the fucking belt. How, how many people, and, and and I know it was kind of whatever, but fucking Hogan, like, like people talk about him being selfish and WCW and everything like that, but it, it didn't go further than what it did. But there was like a three-week period where Hogan put him over like two or three times. Yep, Arn pinned him twice. Wasn't putting anybody over in fucking '95. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So even Hulk Hogan was like, "Yeah, I'll let Arn beat me." You know what I mean? He wouldn't wouldn't even do that for Flair. (laughs) And and like I said, that might sound stupid. It might it might be out of left field, but but everybody respected that guy. And you never tell me how many Nate. Arch, tell me how many interviews or whatever you've ever heard anybody go, fuck Arn Anderson. Piece of shit. Never once. (laughs) So why did that guy never get the belt? He should have at least had it once in his fucking career. Mm -hmm. At least once. At least once. For at least, yeah, like a transitional or something. Yeah. Arn Anderson. All day. I agree. And I'll say the same thing for different reasons about DiBiase. Yeah, and, uh, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to harp on it too much. But I mean, there was a point where you could have argued. I think you could have easily argued there was a point in his career where, bell to bell, he was probably the best wrestler in North America. Definitely. You know, um, but. Yeah. And again, he was, and, and, and I, I don't know, you put people say what they want about him personally with this whole scandal and everything going on now, but also to what you were saying, Aaron, about Arn, do you ever see DiBiase be selfish in the ring? I mean, uh, let's be honest, the beginning, the beginning of making Bret Hart into a star was at the end of that Survivor Series match in what was it, 90? Yeah. Uh, I think it's 90. And so um, uh, Dean died, I think. Yeah, yeah. Teddy Teddy gives him like the greatest, the greatest last six minutes of a Survivor Series match ever. They have a match after the match, right. and it's amazing. So, anyway, 
another one, and and we don't even need to fucking talk about it. Never mind. I won't say it. That could be a topic for a whole podcast. I thought of another. I thought of another guy. (laughs) I try, Nate. I try. Tito. Yeah, but (laughs) I don't know. He was the ECW champion. And he was the AWF World Heavyweight Champion <laughs> with those rounds. His only opponent was Bob Orton Jr. for four yeah. <laughs> The only two high praised guys that got that company, Bob Orton Jr. and Tito. And they probably worked at Indy the next night. How do you guys feel? And then, like I said, then we'll take a break and then we'll get in my fucking amazing card that I built. Um... How do you guys, how, because I don't think Tito Santana is like a complete liar, but every wrestler is kind of a liar. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. How much do you guys believe that in 92, when the scare, when the steroid trial started really becoming a thing that um, the WWF was like, it's going to be Tito. Or it's going to be Brett. I believe it. I kind of believe it. Yeah. Yep. I believe it. I believe both it because had a natural physique. Both had the, you know, they didn't look like they were on steroids. They didn't sound like they were on steroids. And and I and I also believe it because even though he never did get like the main event in the WWF, Vince McMahon always protected and treated Tito good. Yeah, yeah. and and he deserved it. And I'm not right. I'm not knocking Tito Santana because I love Tito Santana. Like he's one of my favorite wrestlers. But no, I, I believe that story. And also the other reason I believe it is because at that time Vince was kind of desperate and throwing shit against the wall. I know, I just don't know if like in ninety two Tito Santana I got Tito. That's a guy. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and also think about this too. Put this in your brain. Back then, if you remember they were much, it wasn't like now where they're like changing the script as the hour goes. Back then they planned out, uh, and I'm going to lay this out, and then we'll move on to Aaron's card, but he made me do this, my brain. They planned out six months to a year ahead, right? Yeah. Right. So Vince was seeing the tr- the thing going down. They did the whole thing at WrestleMania 8 with Hogan's farewell to get him off TV, to get the whole, th- you know, you know what I'm saying. But anyway. But then they bring the warrior back. Beside the point. What I'm getting at is, right around that time, leading up to WrestleMania 8, what's something else they did? They tried, whether it worked or not, they tried to to snazz up Tito's character by giving him the El Matador gimmick. So that's another thing that leads me to believe... Okay, maybe they were thinking, hey, if this El Matador thing takes off, Tito could be, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. It does. But, but who sits in a room and be like, hey, <laughs> if this El Matador thing takes Vince off. Vince does. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, get the, we'll get the Latino audience, pal. It's great, good shit. They like the Matadors. <laughs> they love watching people shove javelins into fucking innocent and now everybody the questions are out of the way we did that took longer than i thought it would actually good job guys but now we are going to do our dream wrestling card segment we're starting this week with aaron's dream card 
and he got the year 2000, which he had me pick for him. Um, and uh, it's an interesting year in wrestling, and I'm interested to hear how Aaron made this super card of professional wrestling for the year 2000. All right. Um, I was going to think, okay, I'm going to put um, the matches in order. I'm not going to put them in order um, other than my opening match and the last two matches. That makes okay. sense. I booked 10 matches on this card. And it's like I told Nate and Arch when we were getting ready to do it. It's like, oh, 2000's a layup. It's like, no, it isn't. Because people were jumping around and everything was, everybody was worried with everybody. And it was fucking nuts. I still so, say that Jeff Jarrett should be main event of your card. And well, he's not be even in the on. middle and be in the first match. He should be all over it. He's nowhere on it. Damn it. Um, and the only, um, there's one match that I think probably happened, and um, it's my opening match. Well, we know Jeff Jarrett on Aaron's night here would have the time to spend time with his baby tonight because he does not have to be on this card. <laughs> he spent his day working hard on the go. <laughs> but the hands on the clock keep spinning too slow. Yeah. All right, anyway. Off in the corner. <laughs> That's not one of the lines. <laughs> um, like I said, my opening match, and then my la- my main event, my semi main event, are the only ones I put in that order. The rest of this, put them wherever you want. But my opening match is Jushin Thunder Liger versus. Ray Mysterio Jr. I like it. And his fucking mask is back on. <laughs> yeah. That was that was a uh that never should have happened. Ray never should have lost his mask. But um fantastic match. Um ironically, ironically, and I would not have even realized or known this unless I just did it, but on slice of time last week the Monday Nitro that I covered in 96 was Jushin Liger and Rey Mysterio was a match on the show. And I was like, wow, I don't even remember that match happening. So I'm sure it was fantastic, though. Yes, and I would give these guys on my show, I'd say, Rey, Jushin, you have 25 minutes. And they could fill 25 minutes and you wouldn't even realize it was that long. Right, and you'd want more after it was over. You know, and I, I don't want to. How do I say this without sounding stupid, or not stupid? But I, in no way, shape, or form am I am I saying that 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 the greatness of the matches that I'm going to compare this to weren't great. But you could almost say a match between Rey Mysterio and Jushin Liger is like seeing a, seeing those matches between uh, Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask. Yeah, yeah, or, you know, or, or Pillman and Liger, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, like it, it would have been fantastic. And I think if you have a crowd of people, like twenty thousand people in a fucking arena, and you're like, oh, it's a super show, you don't know what's gonna happen, and then all of a sudden, fucking Ray Mysterio comes out, you're like, okay, there's Ray Ray, and then fucking Jushin Liger, 
it's a fucking wrestling crowd, they're gonna be like, holy fucking shit. Right. Glad <laughs> I, mean, I bought this ticket. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, mm. if you watch Rey Mysterio and Jushin Liger wrestle for 25 minutes and you go, that's the show, y'all. See you later. People are <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> Got my money's worth. Yeah. I appreciate it. Definitely. So that's right. Open my show. Anything else on those guys? Nope. I I love both very much. I, I've always been a Jushin Liger fan. And I think he and Ray complimented each other whenever they wrestled. So this is the perfect opener. All right. The next match on the Super Show Showdown 2000 is a weird <laughs> match. Why'd you laugh at that? It's the name of the show. The Super the way you said it, the Super, the Super Show, Show Showdown Show. 2000. Is this taking place in uh, Saudi Arabia? No. Oh, okay. Poughkeepsie. And you oh, have to okay. have you have to have Jim Ross. And- <laughs> <laughs> I just laughed at myself. I should. A good comedian doesn't laugh at themselves. I'm sorry. Jim but, Ross and Heenan have to commentary it. No, <laughs> I just thought of who my commentating team is for my super show in Poughkeepsie. My super show showdown. Nate and I aren't available. We can't commentate. You, you guys, you, you, you guys aren't. You brought back Rob Bartlett, huh? No. Guess who's commentating <laughs> my super show showdown 2000? Jim Ross and Larry Zabisco. I'm good with Ross. <laughs> Larry's We're here in Poughkeepsie. Larry Zabisco is funny as shit. I hate Larry Zabisco. I love Larry Zabisco. Larry you're in the you're in the minority here, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I am, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm not usually in the minority. So <laughs> once in a while, it's okay. This is going to be the match. You're like, what the fuck is he talking about? Okay. This is the only match I wrote down where you guys are going to be like, what the fuck is he talking about? But you have to go. Not with the now, but thinking about 2000. Okay? okay. So go with the mindset of 2000. It's Bill Goldberg versus Kane. Okay. Big Red Machine versus the Unstoppable Goldberg. Yeah. All right, so explain the mindset thing to me. Like, no, what I was saying with, like, I, I thought maybe you guys were going to shit on it a little bit. No. I think no. it's it's Kane in 2000 was this big red machine, fucking big-ass motherfucker. You know what I mean? And, and Goldberg was kind of the same way at that time. And so it's like the unstoppable force from WCW and the unstoppable force from the WWF. I really actually thought you guys were going to give me more pushback on it. So. No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see anything wrong with that match. No. And not to mention, um, I don't think I, <laughs> I don't think Goldberg's a good wrestler, so Glenn Jacobs could carry him to a really good match. Yeah. Like, like the, the first thing I think about in the match is and it wouldn't be the finish, 
But you know what one of my first thoughts in this thing was? Was Goldberg takes Kane down. Okay, like, not with the jackhammer or whatever, but, like, throws him or whatever, and then right. goes for a spear, and then right when he goes for the fucking spear, Kane fucking goozles him and chokeslams him, and then Goldberg kicks out of the fucking chokeslam, and then you're like, God damn, Katie bar the door, we don't know what the fuck's gonna happen to this mm-hmm. and, Two guys that are gonna have to pull out every every move in the book to beat each other. And um, something I didn't think about when we started writing this thing was, do I have to fucking book a winner? Okay. Do I have to do that? You can if you want to. It's it's our show. <laughs> the rule was never stipulated. Right. Okay. Yeah, I never stipulated it. Well, in the first match, Jushin Liger beats Rey Mysterio. Okay. So Jushin Liger won his opening match. Now we got in this Goldberg Kane situation, which I didn't think you guys were going to enjoy. <laughs> well, I mean, it's uh, not a five star classic, but it's a brawl between two big guys that were over in that time period. Why wouldn't we look like it? I, I just did. I just honestly, it surprised me. So I'm mad <laughs> as a booker because I'm like, I don't know if this shit, this shit's going to go over like a pop. You know what? And the crowd's you know like, fucking hey. You know what's really great about this? What? This is the year 2000. So in the lead up to this match, you could have Kane. You have a big choke slam with Dwayne Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that works. Uh-huh. Like Jim Ross and Larry Zabisco can be like, hey, let's go back three weeks when uh, <laughs> Kane beat the shit out of Goldberg's midget fucking <laughs> trainer trainer <laughs> he really power planted him in the mat there <laughs> <laughs> that's a super Larry Zabisco line now would, would Goldberg's retort him spearing Paul Bear outside of a funeral parlor <laughs> or maybe busting the windows on a on a a hearse. Let's see Goldberg spear this guy looks like a human gumball. 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 So do I have to pick winners or not? <laughs> I don't want to. I, p- I picked winners on mine, but it's entirely up to you. I'll pick winners. Um, in this match, and like I said, this is going to the winners are going to be off the top of my head because I didn't write them down. I didn't even think about it. But Goldberg Kane, which I thought you guys were going to shit on, um, I would put Goldberg over. And that's a good pick. That's that. That's the kind of match, especially if it's a green card. You know, maybe not a return ever coming. But to put the baby face over. Yeah. So Goldberg wins. And what would, like you guys said, not be a Matt classic, but would be a, these two big fuckers are beating the shit out of each other. See, what um, I would have happened, not to cut in, is I would have Chronic come out and beat the boat up. And then Teddy Long comes out and goes, hey, player, you two are going one-on-one with The Undertaker. Undertaker. Yeah, the Chronic's not on my show. 
Oh, no Jeff Jarrett, no Chronic. I'm not paying for this pay per view. Damn, I'm gonna steal it. I'm gonna pirate it on on the cable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Jushin Liger over Ray, Goldberg over Kane. The next match is Eddie Guerrero versus Tajiri. All the partners. I like that. Champions. They're not partners yet. No, I know, I know, but we they will have a history later on. This is two thousand Eddie Guerrero versus two thousand Tajiri. Good fucking lord. At this point, Tajiri's wacky Tajiri in ECW, right? Yeah. Like big pajama pants and everything like that and fucking <laughs> killing it and now, fucking. Tajiri has boy. Father James Mitchell. Does Eddie have China with him? Yeah. This was before. Yeah. Wow. Cool. But I like that. Imagine Eddie Guerrero, 2000. Eddie, and Eddie was never bad. Never bad. But imagine Eddie Guerrero, 2000, versus the Jerry, 2000, before his knees got all fucked up and everything like that. Mm-hmm. That'd be fucking great. I agree. Nothing else, on, nothing else on Eddie and Tajiri? No, I think it'd be a great match. I was just thinking about one of um, off, not not off topic, but off topic. You know, one of my lasting images in pro wrestling is it involves Tajiri. Him and Super Crazy? No. Although, you know, I love Super Crazy. Him and William Regal laughing their asses off together. That's great, too. But no, the combination of Tajiri the Sinister Minister, and Mikey Whipwreck in the elevator. Oh, God. Man, (laughs) that was a fun little, you know. (laughs) Didn't they have have Mikey, like, tied up like a turkey? At one point, yes. Not in the elevator. In the elevator, there was a fire gimmick, but it was a a crazy little faction. Yeah, and it was fun. And in the Eddie Guerrero Tajiri match, um, I would put Eddie over, obviously. Yeah. Um, but like you were saying, Nate, like one of my <laughs> favorite things was when Tajiri came back to the performance center, or shouldn't say, yeah. <laughs> because he was never there before, but showed up to the performance center and saw <laughs> William Regal and was like. <laughs> And we're all he goes like, oh my god, there he is. <laughs> That's good shit. So funny. I'm gonna watch that when we're done. Yeah. Like the only thing I'm gonna say that's not on my super card or whatever is William Regal being fired. Unless, unless that guy said I'm going to throw myself on the sword so somebody else doesn't get the axe. If he just got fired to get fired, they're fucking idiots. And did you see his tweet? Yep. No. Um, go back when we're done. One years. Yeah, check out Aaron. Check out his tweet that he put out. It was one of the classiest things I've ever seen in, yeah. in professional wrestling. And it was soulless, too. He... he, he... When he said in you helping, he thanked them. He thanked them for saving. He thanked them for saving yeah. his life. Yeah. He yeah. 
really yeah, should have been Triple H because it was him that did that, not Vince. Pretty yeah. sure happens. Vince is the one that signed off on it. Well, but I'll anyway. look at it. But anyway, I just think if AEW doesn't pick that guy up, they don't know what they're fucking doing. If they don't, if AEW doesn't get Regal, it means Regal wanted to go home. Yeah. If if he's gonna go anywhere, I would love to see him in the NWA. I think that his that would be he could be a great, uh, um, you know, a, a authority figure in the NWA. I think. Or put him with Aldis. Mm-hmm. That is a good choice. Nick is just floundering right now. So, all right, the um, next match on my card is a name that. Uh, we say we shouldn't say, but it's 2000, okay? It's Chris Benoit <laughs> versus Jerry Lynn. Mm. Wow, contrary styles. I like that. I think Chris Benoit and Jerry Lynn in 2000 <clears throat> have had one of the best goddamn matches you're going to see in wrestling. I don't know if they ever wrestled each other. They they did, but it wasn't. Um, he was Mr. JL, right? Yeah, it was like a six minute fucking worldwide match. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's what I was saying. Was hard about two thousand was like, eh, I gotta find matches that haven't happened. But I don't count like a fucking worldwide six minute match between right. Chris Benoit and Jerry Lynn as something that happened. If right. that makes sense. Like I think Chris Benoit and Jerry Lynn having a match where you tell these guys you have 15, 16 minutes, go out there and fucking show me what you can do. Right. Would be a goddamn bring down the fucking rafters match. Oh yeah. It'd be a clinic. And I, I just, cause I think Jerry, um, doesn't get enough credit for his career. And um, obviously, Chris doesn't and shouldn't. I shouldn't say shouldn't. I don't. I don't want to delve too much in the Chris Benoit shit. But I did. Like I said, I know Chris Benoit is a, a, a touchy subject in anything you talk about in wrestling. But if you have a two thousand card, which I was given, right? If you don't have, and if you don't have two thousand Chris Benoit on your card, right? You're not fucking doing anything right. You know what I mean? It's a different person in 2000 than it is when he did what he did. So it's not, yeah. you know. Like, I'm not looking at Chris Benoit in 2005 or whenever that happened. I'm looking at Chris Benoit in 2000. If you don't well, Chris Benoit, Chris Benoit as a person was a murderous bastard, obviously. But as a professional wrestler, he's one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all right. time. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, you have, to, you have to distinguish at some point. It's been... It's been 15 years. You know, it's time to start. It's time to stop being dramatic. And that is not in any way. And that is not in any way um, demeaning the loss and the tragedy that happened. But if you're talking about pro wrestling and you're talking about that era, he's he was one of the best pro wrestlers of all time. So you can't, like you said, Aaron, you can't book a card in 2000 and not have him on it. In that era? Nate, and you know how I felt about him at that time. In that era, 
he wasn't one of the best wrestlers of all time. He, in in that ninety five until he did what he did, he was the best goddamn wrestler in the world. And I will fucking throw myself on the goddamn stake saying that. Like, Chris Benoit was, at that time, the best fucking wrestler in the world. And if if he gave me 2,000 and I had to build a card, him not being on it would be me fucking half-assing it. Mm -hmm. Right. Agreed. And he's going over Jerry Lynn. As he should. He choked him out. I think, I think even <laughs> if you told Jerry... Oh, God. I think even if you told Jerry... I didn't even get it like, that yeah. way. saying, like, he got... The I know, but... Just the, way you, just the way you said he choked him out. I was like... I didn't mean it that way. Sorry. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> Maddie in the house. <laughs> But go ahead, say what you're saying, Archie. Sorry. No, I just, I'm just. If you told Jerry Lynn that Chris Benoit was going over him, he would do it. Jerry Lynn was a giver in this business. You, he wasn't about you. Thinking. You made that. You made that uh, little faux pas that Archie pointed out with the <laughs> choke him out thing, and, and it reminded me. That, okay, this <laughs> this girl I work with the other day, um. We were talking, I don't know what we were talking about, actors or something, you know, and it was kind of like what we were talking about earlier with Michael Keaton. And she was like, I, and it's the inadvertent thing. And and she caught it right when she said it because she knows that I'm a humorist, okay? But she she was like, you know who doesn't get enough credit for how good an actor he is? And I was like, who? And she said, Michael J. Fox. And then I was like, yeah, you're probably right. He should probably, you know. And she's like, yeah, they should give him one of those Lifetime Achievement Awards or something, you know, before. Because, I mean, things have been a little shaky with him lately. And I, was, <laughs> and I was just like, oh. And she goes, oh, I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> so bad. So bad. She, and she, she did not even mean. She was being so sincere and so sweet and everything. And I just started busting up laughing. And she's like, I didn't even mean it that way. But anyway. Michael J. Fox should be selling shake and bake. Oh, God. <laughs> Go ahead, Aaron, with your card. All right. The next match. Maybe you guys might shit on this more than Cannon Goldberg. It's The Rock. And remember, we're in 2000. Okay? The Rock versus Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner. Because of the promos? Yeah. The promos alone are gold. That, that's going to be the best part of that whole, whole feud. Like, the match is going to suck. But... But here's the thing, That's all right? In the middle, the match is going to suck. But it's not going to suck. And here's what right. here's what I'm saying. The Rock was not a great wrestler. He's very basic. He, he yes, but he the wasn't Rock, a great wrestler. He wasn't a but, terrible wrestler though. If you if you ask people, if you ask people what are what is you know if they're going to list their like twenty greatest matches in WrestleMania history, they're going to say The Rock and Hogan. 
If you watch the match, nothing fucking happens. Right. Yeah, they're both very basic wrestlers. But <laughs> the attraction oh. of it, the attraction of it, that that's where they, you know, the charisma and the attraction of it is where they score high marks. And I think that based on the promos that they could have leading into the match, Rock and Steiner's match would be just that. It would be an attraction match. You know, you'd have a few a few big high spots. You get the crowd into it, and it won't matter how good the match is. Hogan and Andre at WrestleMania three. It's a terrible match. Hogan and Andre at WrestleMania three is a <laughs> terrible fucking match. There's a six minute fucking bear hug in that bitch. It doesn't matter though, because it's not about the match. It's about the attraction. And for the first five minutes, you are going to get Scott Steiner at his best when he could actually explode with a suplex and, you know, play to the crowd. So it's not, again, like Nate said, it's not going to be a terrible match on the uh, storytelling of itself, you know, so. Right. Yep. What makes me happy is that um, the two matches that I was like, man, these guys are going to shit on it are like, eh, it's good stuff. Like <laughs> well, because of the time, I mean, you didn't say Rock versus Stone Cold uh, versus Scott Steiner in 2015. That's a different story. You know what I mean? It's yep. 2000. They were both over. So, and it's I, not. It's not always about. It's like Cornette says, or said. Corn, Jim Cornette said, I think it was like two weeks ago on his show. He said, no wrestler in the history of the wrestling business has ever used the word work rate. Right. He said, that is a dirt sheet word. That is a mark word. That is not a wrestler word. Work rate does not exist in a wrestling locker room. So, again, it's not always necessarily about bell to bell, you know, Dave Meltzer jerking him off about Kenny Omega and Okada. Sometimes it's just about the attraction. Right. And and people that want to shit on that are fucking snobs and they can go fucking piss up a rope. <laughs> I I said something recently, Nate, uh on and I hate to man, mention my show, but on if you smell what PR just cooking. At the ending I said we need to get back to a place in wrestling where we stopped using the words like green, buried like you mentioned, work rate, you know, uh, mm-hmm. botch. Those are insider dirt sheet words that we didn't know in 1995 when we didn't exactly. have the internet. You know, all we knew was this is great. It's the attitude era versus WCW at its peak, and ECW mm-hmm. trekking along. We didn't care if a guy was green, or right? If he couldn't, if you know, he made a mistake. It was well, he made a mistake. Is he okay? Mm-hmm. You know, so at this point where we are in the modern day, everybody's a critic. Whether you whether you do a podcast or not, you're automatically a critic. And yeah. it's, it's terrible sometimes. It really is. Yeah. And we pulled Aaron away from his card there. But I think that our conversation <clears throat> put Aaron's choice of this match in context. Right. What's Aaron? next, Mr. Maxim? Sorry, what I was going to say was, um, like I said, honestly, I thought, oh, these guys are going to shit on fucking uh, Rock and Steiner, but 
you didn't, so that's good. Um, <laughs> the next... Who goes over it, Rock? Oh, Rock. <laughs> fucking Rock wins. How are you going to put fucking... 2,000 Rock over fucking... Imagine, imagine the Rock... Okay, you know how Rock used to oversell those stunners? And it was so fantastic. Yeah. Like the way he'd flip and fucking flop and shit. Imagine Rock selling a Frankensteiner. Oh, <laughs> he'd look dead. He'd fl- he'd flip out into the ropes and shit. That'd be fantastic. He'd take a anyway. German and probably flip over four times. <laughs> it would just keep rolling. <laughs> well, I'm super happy you guys like put over the we did five minutes on it. Two minutes. <laughs> like, holy fuck. I'm in the wrong job. I shouldn't be selling goddamn toilet paper and pineapples. I should be fucking booking wrestling. <laughs> in a bygone yeah, era. We were stop. <laughs> in a bygone era. I'm going to stop oh. selling toilet apples. <laughs> I'm going to fucking get in a goddamn... Time machine. Yeah. Um, I have one, two, three, one, two. I have four more matches. Um, The next match, you guys want me to give you my tag team match? I have one tag team match on my show or another singles match. Tag team. Tag team. Right. Tag team right in the middle of the fucking show. We're reuniting the Thrill Seekers. We're reuniting Lance Storm and Chris Jericho in 2000 to face the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Boy Smith, and Bret Hart. Damn. All four of them. That might be the show stealer, Aaron. I'm not even joking. I know you're not. I, like this is the match that I wrote down. I was like, "This is a goddamn story right here." Yeah, absolutely. Um, this shit has legs. Like, <laughs> with this, Brett and Davey came out of the fucking dungeon. Lance and Jericho necessarily didn't come out of the dungeon, but they came from fucking dungeon training. You know what I mean? Like, this is the fucking match right here. Did Lance and Jericho ever like? Did they ever? Um, I guess I'm. I'm. Uh, if I don't remember, then I'm calling myself ignorant here. Don't just don't, just don't know. Did either one of them ever actually get any anything from Stu? I think Jericho did, but later. Okay, and, and possibly Lance. But, well, I was just I was just saying because you could even work that in. Like one of them could like if they did, they could be like, you know what, Brett, your dad told me I was his best student. Right. But he didn't want to tell you that. Like Lance and and Chris were in that, according to Chris's book, were in that um post dungeon training, like where it wasn't necessarily uh what was a bulldog Bob Brown was mm-hmm. running or whatever, and he was just reading out of Stu's book. Yeah. yeah. So they didn't get actual dungeon training, but they got the Stu Hart's 
fucking textbook of being a professional wrestler. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm sure, I'm sure at least, at least Jericho. And, and like I said, I'm not a, I wasn't there or anything like that. I'm sure Jericho at least got fucking interaction with there, you. buddy. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll grab your arm. Hey, looking good there. Yeah, you got strapping young fella you know and i'm sure lance probably did too but they didn't get the same train <laughs> they didn't get stretched for three hours by Steve yeah, and, and, and and fucking diana wasn't recording them in a fucking <laughs> dumb waiter or whatever sounds getting fucking raped <laughs> Good job. He's Aaron's not wrong though. Like if you watch that wrestling with shadows thing, when Diana plays that video, the guy sounds like he's getting raped. But I think Lance Storm, Chris Jericho, the Thrill Seekers in two thousand. Versus Bret Hart and Davy Boy Smith would be a fucking fantastic match. I think it'd be I, great. I, I think that, like I said, I think it has the potential to be the show stealer. Yeah, and um, like I know two thousand was Bret's last year, but he wasn't he wasn't done in two thousand. I think right. I think. I think Brett could have had before he got that concussion. He, before he got that concussion, how do I say it? Like I'm stumbling over my words. Like I know Brett got the concussion in 2000 and it ended ended his career, but in 2000, Brett and WCW was shit. But he wasn't shit. You know what I mean? Right, right. He was and still putting on good matches. He was still putting on good matches. And obviously in 2000, Lance and Jericho were great. Davey was a little sluggish. But yeah, but, but with him Brent being there, in there with Brett, it would have been right. fine. And I think this thing would have been great. And if... I would have to put somebody over in it. I would actually put um, Lance and Jericho over. Really? And it would be the right time to do that. Yeah. And Nate, I thank you for admitting that that sounded like somebody getting raped. (laughs) I thought that from the first time I saw that documentary. I'm like, oh. Oh. (laughs) Those poor poor heart children. (laughs) Well, that wasn't a heart getting raped. No, but it happened when they were children, too. I don't think Stu Hart raped his children. No, I meant they; those poor children had to hear what sounded like their father. They had to hear their dad rape. Yes, through the fireplace or whatever. Yeah, through the fireplace or whatever. They had to hear what sounded like their father having... Having his way with a young man. I misunderstood. I thought it's like, like uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you twink, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought we were saying that Stu 
are raped oh, as children. Oh, God. It's not at all what <laughs> I misunderstood. <laughs> I don't know he's if the Emperor. He's not Buck Seamoff. He's too hard. <laughs> he's a goddamn national treasure. Yeah, I don't even uh, I don't even know what a boombox is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, four more matches. You big nasty rhino. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right, four more matches. You guys got this in you? Eh, you got too hard in you. Not a whole job. No, no, no. All right. This next match is the match that, because if I'm a wrestling promoter, I'm going to put at least one match on my card. I don't give a fuck. If anybody else wants to see it, I want to watch it. And this is the one match that I don't think ever happened. I couldn't find it. You guys ready? Ready. Mm -hmm. It's Kurt Angle, the Olympic gold medalist, versus Fit Finley. No, I don't think they did have a a match, right? Nope. They never wrestled each other. Uh, Because Kurt Angle. No, I was just going to say, because Kurt left left WWE in, in 2006. And he was like main event Kurt Angle. Then he went to ECW, or their version of ECW. Right. And Finley had just come in, started his deal with Lashley. And yeah, so no, he they never had a match against each other. And tell me what better in this country fucking world of sports style fucking match you could put in front of somebody than goddamn Kurt Angle versus Fit Finley. And two more believable fucking human beings. Because Kurt Angle can fuck you up. Legitimately can fuck you up. And you cannot tell me that if Fit Finley walked into a fucking bar, you wouldn't be like, I ain't fucking with that guy. <laughs> or if you know? I did fuck with, if I did fuck with that guy, I wouldn't I wouldn't be fucking for that with that guy for very long. <laughs> This fucking guy slit his fucking fucking ankle all the way almost to his fucking hip bone and still got back in the fucking ring mm-hmm. years later. Like, and and I think it would be, a okay, and, and it's not even like these two badass human beings. Kurt Angle, believable fucking wrestling, right? The... <clears throat> Sorry. The he is the um in my lifetime. I mean, I'm gonna be honest, folks. I'm not 97, so I never got to sit in front of my telly and watch Luthez wrestle Strangler Lewis. Right. And and we talked about Brett earlier and et cetera, et cetera. But as far as Duck to water, the most believable in the ring professional wrestler of that I've watched in my lifetime 
on TV while I was watching it. It's Kurt because he's also in my lifetime, the most legit wrestler that ever stepped in the ring. He's the only American that ever won like a fucking gold medal. They're all Russian, fucking Scandinavian or whatever. (laughs) What a broken neck. With a broken fucking neck. And, 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 And I'm not, like you said, he's a fucking legitimate athlete. Okay? Most believable. And I'm not at all discounting professional wrestlers, okay? Because they're it's my fucking favorite thing. Other than chicks. Um, chicks, man. Chicks, man. <laughs> but tell me a fucking professional wrestler that can perform professional wrestling more like I just I don't want to say fake. Let me figure out how I want to say it. Can perform the act of professional wrestling and make it more believable than Fit Finley. Nobody. And you know what? I was just I was just gonna make a statement. Because we just, I just, I just said, I never watched, you know, Luthez live on TV or blah, blah, blah. And, and somebody could dispute me or what have you. But based on what I know about his career, for our generation of wrestling fans watching pro wrestling, do you know who Fit Finley is for us? Oh. He's Billy Robinson. Yeah. Good, good comparison. He's the Billy Robinson of our era. Like, it might be fake, but that guy's going to fuck you. <laughs> that, guy's, that guy's fucking real, yes. Like, like if 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 you tell, um, like, give me a, a wrestler from the 90s. Random. Oh, okay, random wrestler. You tell Johnny Grunge. I hate Johnny Grunge. You called like, him a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> you take a anyway, fellow. Anyway. You take a fellow Johnny Grunge, and and Johnny Grunge could probably beat my ass, okay? At that uh, uh, when he was alive, now I could fucking shit on him. He wouldn't know it. But <laughs> Literally, if you take a football player and you tell Johnny Grunge your shit's fake, that football player, even though Johnny Grunge gets mad and says my shit's not fake might be able to beat up Johnny Grunge. Right. If you take a fucking football player now and they look at Fit Finley and they say, what you do is fake. I firmly believe that Dave Finley would be able to take that motherfucker down, (laughs) beat his fucking ass. Yep. Definitely. No doubt. And it, 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 some of my favorite shit is fucking Finley and Regal in, in 90, 95, 96 in WCW. They were beating the fuck out of each other. Like, I've never watched anything with Fit Finley where I was like, I, that sucked. Right. And I've never watched anything with Kurt Angle where I was like, yeah. 
That sucked. And also, as a side note, not just wrestling-wise, and Aaron has heard me say this before, I would say, again, I always speak in the modern, what I've seen in my lifetime, because you got these old wrestling fans who are like, oh, you forget about Whiffer Billy Watson. I didn't forget about him. I never saw him. But anyway, also, I would say Fit Finley, top 10, if I'm talking 80s, 90s, 2000s, what I've seen in my life, not just wrestler, he's one of the top 10 psychologists, too. Like, Fit Finley is, he's the guy, I think, I think, and I don't know if I've ever heard him say it, and I don't know if you guys think so, but I think Randy Orton really learned under Fit Finley's tree. Oh, yeah. Because he he's the, Randy Orton in the ring, in, in modern wrestling, is the greatest psychologist of his era. Um, but Finley, just the little things he would do. You know, or, or there's a, there was a, um, and refresh my memory, Aaron, but, and you may not know, I don't, all I know is there was a SmackDown, I think, where they did a bloodbath or something, something of that sort. I think it was like a no mercy pay-per-view or whatever. Okay. But it was like three matches before Finley's match. When he came out for his match. He purposefully slipped on the blood or whatever it was because he's a master psychologist. He was like, I want people to remember that that thing three matches ago happened. Happened, right. So I'm going to slip on it when I get on the ramp. It's not going to be a big thing. I'm not going to fall down or, you know, but I'm going to slip on it a little bit and look back like, what the fuck did I just slip on? That is a fucking pro, man. That's a pro. And the last thing I'll say about him, is um, and I and I don't want this to come off as sexist or saying that I don't I don't enjoy female wrestling or whatever, but he coached and taught the best era of female wrestlers. Yes, like female wrestling now is fine. It is what it is, but. Mm. Female wrestling now has its highlights, but it also has many lowlights. But it's not Trish Stratus. It's not Lita. Victoria. It's not Lita. It's not Molly Holly. It's not Ivory. And I know Ivory was probably the same age as Finley. But right. you, you get what I'm saying. Like, like it wasn't that. It wasn't. And Arch, I know you're not a big fan of her, but Mickey James, all that shit. You know what That's I mean? Phoenix. I used to be. I used Phoenix. To be. It, it, it wasn't, I, like I said, I wasn't trying to like talk about um, anything other than a card, but I think Kurt Angle, Finley, great fucking match. Yes, and we turned that into 10 minutes of Finley, but yeah, he deserves and, it. And Kurt Angle goes over. And he should. Well, she and should. Finley, and Finley would agree. Like, I'm not supposed to beat Kurt Angle. You know? Right. If if Angle ain't winning, then they end up brawl that you know a double double disqualification. Yeah, you know what I mean, a non finish of some sort. All right, so you guys ready for the next match? Mm-hmm. I hope it's big big Papa Pump uh, above Bagwell and uh, Hacksaw Joe Duggan. It is not. Damn it! <laughs> 
It is the Great Muda versus Sabu. Close enough. <laughs> In two thousand? Yes. So it's it's old Muda. It's it's the Great Muda versus Sabu. What if it's still going to this day, Nate? Oh no, 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 no. I'm no, just no. when Aaron said the Great Muda versus Sabu, when you think about the Great Muda, what do you think about? Like nineteen eighty nine Muda. I'm putting oh. myself into I'm putting myself into two thousand Muda here. Versus Sabu. Um wouldn't have hero, I think, in the ICP. Well, don't talk about that. Well, okay. Never mind. <laughs> he was not no. the hero in the ICP. This is yes. not the match I thought people were going to shit on. But no one's mm. shitting on it. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not shitting on it. I'm just... Mood, I don't know why... But for me, Muda is one of those guys that is like stuck in a time capsule for like a two-year period. And I don't know why, but it just is. So whenever you talk about him, I have to get myself out of that. What's that? It was because he was so goddamn good in 89, 90. But Muda was... I mean, he was good his whole career. That's what I'm saying. He was never bad. (laughs) But no, it'd be a fantastic fucking match. And I'm just thinking about. And at this point, he still has hair. Yeah. And I, yeah. yeah, but even I know the jersey still has hair. But when he put that fucking mask on, yeah, I would like to see that thing. red mask. Yeah, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. That's like the Muda, Muda picture. Muda never. Like I know, I know some of his ability went away or whatever, but Muda never didn't look cool. Oh no, 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 and he. He never didn't. He didn't. Never didn't wrestle cool. He always had it. Like to me, this match. <clears throat> this is why I put it on it, and I and I put it in um, like brackets or whatever you want to call it. This match on the show for me, booking it was like you know you said with like Hogan and Andre. It's like the I know that was the main event. But I'm gonna say it this way: this match to me is the attraction. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like this isn't the thing. Oh, like this is gonna be the best match on the show or whatever. This is the fucking attraction. Like Nate, honestly, if. You walked in somewhere, and somebody, as Nate or Arch is a wrestling fan, you were walking down the street, and somebody said, hey, do you want to watch a wrestling show? And they were like, eh, I don't know. I got a lot of shit going on. <laughs> like, sure. You don't want to watch Sabu uh, wrestle the Great Muda? That would have been your noise. <laughs> That's my door, sorry. I know, but that would have been your body. You'd be like, (laughs) You got the Great Muda versus Sabu? Holy fucking shit, I'm going to watch that. Yes. 
and you guys might not have anything else to say on that, but Great Muda versus Sabu would be on my show. Also, I don't think I, it ever like happened. It. Oh, it's never no. happened. I like the dynamic of the Mist versus the Fireball. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That would be funny. <laughs> Sabu went to throw a fireball and fucking Muda blinds him. And extinguish the fireball. <laughs> Fire extinguisher mist. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> or it made it worse. Right. They both get blown up. Turns out the mist is flammable. Yeah. Everybody's fucked. Turn well, that shit into napalm. Of course the mist is flammable, mate. <laughs> shit into napalm. Good goddamn luck we didn't have this fucking match. And fucking, you know what? What I always um, loved about Muda is when Vietnam. he throw the mist. He throw his mist, and depending on the color, is how freaked out the announcers were, would get. Like well, yeah, the, black the black was the deadliest. The green, yeah, was the, black, you know, yeah. I was gonna say the black mist was the deadliest. Yeah, you know, but the announcers would always say, "It's that black mist. He's looking to kill him." And you'd be like, well, "What's what's the difference? Like it's just paint in his mouth." You know what I mean? And then, then he'd do the green mist and it would blind somebody for like a week. They'd come out with sunglasses on and the little eye patches on. <laughs> you know? <laughs> there were levels of mist. It's like, do I have glaucoma? Or am I Ronnie Millsap? <laughs> you actually uh, you actually made me think that <laughs> you sounded like Stone Cold there for a minute, Archie. Why? With your little eye patches. <laughs> a fuzzy gimmick. Anyway, I try to get a Ronnie Millsap. Fucking mention him. But anyway, <laughs> Sabu beats the Great Muda. Wow. Puts okay. him through a table. Beats him one, two, three. And now we have two more matches. And now the semi main event and the main event are going to be. Matches that are like blazing saddles, like here to be like, eh, obviously. Um, so the semi main event of the sheriff is near, everyone. The sheriff is near, here. <laughs> um, the semi main event of the super show showdown 2000 is. In Poughkeepsie. It's a premium live event. Yes. It's a stupid fucking thing. (laughs) I know. But the semi-main event is Sting, the man they call Sting, versus The Undertaker. That'd be the time to have a 2000. That's the the right time to sign up. If you have these two guys, they're active... Everybody wants to see it. Hot question. Is that the biggest match that never happened? Yeah, I think it is. In my opinion, it is. It would be second for me. What do you think is the first, Aaron? Hogan Austin. Eh, Okay. All right. Fair enough. 
Is that the end of that question? No, I, I just no. You you brought that up, and I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I think I, I honestly think Hogan Austin would have been a a bigger is the bigger it didn't happen match. But Taker's thing's up there. It is up there, but I'd much rather watch Steve Austin stun Hulk. And I, I love Hulk <laughs> but I would much rather watch Steve Austin flip off Hulk Hogan and fucking stun him. And it would have happened. And it would have. And I... And I because honestly, at that point, Hogan was at Vince's mercy. Yeah, and, so he would have done whatever they asked him to do. And we got to talk about Undertaker's thing because guess what my main event is? Hogan Austin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just gave away my big finish at at the end of the, my fucking pay per view. Steve Austin looks at Hulk Hogan, gives him the big motherfucker, and stuns the shit out of him. And that's how my show ends. But hold on. Who wins between Sting and Taker? And that's what I'm going to ask you guys. Who do you think wins out of Undertaker versus Sting? I think you put Taker over. I agree. And I agree. that's not taking anything away from Sting, but um, I give the Duke to the Undertaker in a competitive match. They all get to what I would say. They get their spots in, you know. Right. Um, but Taker's better. Yes. <laughs> Miles yes. better. At and this point, I, I, in 2000, Taker is miles, miles ahead of Taker. And I also put fucking Taker over Sting. And I honestly think that if you had those two guys in a room, okay? How do I say it? Like, I think if you had Hulk Hogan, Vince McMahon, and Steve Austin in a room, Hogan might be like, I don't know if that works for me, brother. But I think Vince McMahon still would have been like, no. Doesn't matter what works for you, Hulk. You're going to lose to Steve. But if you take Mark Calloway, Steve Broden, and Vince McMahon and put him in the room, and Mark Calloway goes, I think I might need to put Sting over Vince McMahon and and Sting are like no, no, and and that's the thing too. Sting, Sting didn't even lose to Triple H at WrestleMania. No, no, no I thought I was going right. to say Sting was never, has never been in his entire career a selfish performer. Yeah, look at all the fucking yokels he put over in TNA. <laughs> well, you know, and, like and, in TNA, right. he could have been, he could have been like no. <laughs> no, it's like, I'm going to be the Undertaker of this fucking company. Yes, yeah. Instead, he put over AJ. He put over Samoa Joe. He put a. You know what I mean? Like, no, Sting would have. Sting would have balked at the idea of of going and, over Taker. And I'm not even saying that Sting is 
Um, and Nate, I know you're not the like biggest fan of him or whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm not even saying things the greatest like fucking wrestler ever or whatever. But he's an unselfish human being. He really is, and and I think that. And I know I shit on him a lot when he did that fucking Heroes and Legends thing. I was like, ah, it's $157 to fucking, like, lick my cheek or whatever <laughs> it was. And, and I understand that it was all that money wasn't going to him. It was right. the orders of it, you know. So I'm not, I, I'm, I'm eliminating that from it. My thing with Sting is the dude is a fucking star. Okay? Nobody can take away the fact that Sting's a fucking star. Sting was capable in the ring. Alright? Um, entertaining as fuck. Like, anybody that tells you, oh, I don't like Sting, they're a fucking liar. Like, I'm gonna- when I was a little kid, man, that dude was the fucking shit. Okay? I, I, to quote Bruno, I'll tell you. For those of you that are younger listeners or didn't pay attention or what have you, when Ric Flair left the NWA slash WCW or whatever it was at that time, because it was a cluster fuck, in 1991... The only thing, and, and you guys can disagree with me if you want, but I'm, I think I'm right. The only thing and the only star that kept that promotion afloat until they got their shit back together was Sting. There's two he guys. was the only goddamn thing he had, they had. There, there's two guys that I'd, I'd put up there with him. Luger? Nope. Reckon Scott. Okay. I would actually give a little bit of a nod to Luger, just because that was my favorite Lex Luger, was during that era. But that could have been Barry, too. Right. You're right. That could have been a a heel. But But my point was... It was was Sting and the fucking Steiner Brothers. mm -hmm. Because that was nothing like what Vince was putting out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like nothing like it because the fucking Sting Steiner. was doing what Sting was doing what he did. The Steiners are doing their shit with like yeah, Gordy and, and Bam Bam or Gordy and Doctor Death, and like nothing Vince was doing looked like the Steiner brothers. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it was Sting, and and I got the fucking goddamn um, figures up there. It's like fucking Sting Steiners. And I know, like, Barry was in there and, and all that other shit. Doom. Yeah, Doom. And and Doom was tied to the Steiner Brothers, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But Sting but, at the helm. Don't forget. Yeah. Sting at the helm. Yeah. Sting was talented warrior. Yep. Sorry, Archie, we didn't mean to monopolize. Not at, all. Not at all. I would enjoy listening to it. He's, he's, he's fucking used to it. I was enjoying listening to it. 
But anyway, Undertaker beats Sting, and then we already got into my main event, which was Hulk Hogan versus Steve Austin, and Steve Austin flips off Hulk Hogan and stuns his ass. And my qu- uh, here's a question: Two thousand Hogan Austin in that match. It's a tricky question. Does Hogan even get the leg drop spot? I think he goes for it. Austin pops up, waits for him to get up, hits the stunner on him. Aaron, it's your card. What do you say? Because does does you're 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 playing a fine line there, you know? Does does Austin get does does Hogan get the leg drop spot and Austin kicks out? Or does Hogan not actually hit the leg drop spot. I think he hits it. Hogan gets at least one leg drop. He doesn't like I don't I don't want to bury Hogan because he's fucking Hulk Hogan. Bury <laughs> yeah, yeah. him. He's the biggest goddamn star in the fucking world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there might be people in fucking Uganda that don't fucking know who Steve Austin is, but they know who fucking Hulk Hogan is. Right. right. Let him in his goddamn leg. But Steve kicks out. I actually like Archie's idea better. Well, I mean, I mean, a kick out isn't bad either. It's, it's the ultimate F you to Hogan, too. You know what I mean? <clears throat> no, I, I like your idea, the first idea you said, Archie. I think Hogan goes for the leg and Austin, like, sits up or whatever, and Hogan doesn't actually hit it. Yeah, maybe. What if he grabs it? <laughs> oh, that's the spot. Hogan goes to hit the leg, and Steve grabs it and then gives him the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. He grabs the fucking back of Hogan's fucking leg, like his ankle, and just goes, boom. Fuck you. <laughs> and then Hogan's like, what? <laughs> like, what? And then the crowd's like, what? What? <laughs> and then comes <laughs> that motherfucker. And then, and then Austin's like, two, what? <laughs> three. That is the fucking finish. He goes for the leg, he catches it. Fuck you, stunner. One, two, three. Glass shatters, and there is Aaron's card. Yeah. And then Vince smacking the shit out of Eric Bischoff. And that's the end of the show. <laughs> and Stu Hart is smacking some young twink in the dungeon. Yeah. Great. <laughs> we end my great. <laughs> I have no idea what the title for the show is going to be. We end my show with rape. <laughs> I got the I got the name I got the name of the the show if you wanted. Okay. Diana, hold the damn tandri- camera straight. <laughs> oh shit! 
Well, Aaron, that was a fantastic show. Have to end with great. <laughs> oh no, it's your show. Yeah, <laughs> you booked you it. it. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I said Steve Austin grabs Hulk Hogan's ankle and says "fuck you," and then you were like, and then Stu Hart rapes the twink. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh my god. Maybe as the promoter of this this podcast, I be, I've become Vince McMahon. Yeah. Next week I'm gonna sh- next right? week I'm gonna show up with a shriveled face wearing lipstick. <laughs> oh god! And he's gonna release us. You know what Vince looks like? A puppet. He looks like a DC Vo- DC Follies version of Vince McMahon. <laughs> Did either one of you? Do you either one of you remember DC Follies? I remember DC Follies with fucking Reagan and all that, and they were in the fucking Land of Confusion video, weren't they? Yes. Yeah. Vince McMahon looks like a DC Follies version of Vince McMahon. That should be the theme song of Raw. DC Follies? No. No, This is the Land of Confusion. And have. And have the opening be a bunch of DC Follies versions of all the wrestlers. Like Vince McMahon just trying to figure out where he put his fucking keys. <laughs> and his phone with the pink case. I need my phone and Austin Theory right now. Where's my big man thug? Tony Khan. Where's, where's the car? Uh, yeah, Nick Khan, sorry. Ron Khan. Did you see that fucking... Is that amazing that the two top men in wrestling are cons? Khan. Yeah, it's been, it's been that way for years. <laughs> I know, that's my joke. <laughs> it was Jim Cornette and fucking Paul Heyman. Now, Tony's got... Did you guys notice in the poll I put up in the group... Yes, about who was the top heel in wrestling for last year? I put Roman Reigns, MJF, and Tony and Nick Khan. (laughs) Did you see that that Photoshop I did with like yes and Nick Khan and Triple H and William Regal and who was the other one I put on there? It was a Samoa Joe. I think so. Getting everybody. Yeah, with that terminus shit. So, Tony Khan's got AEW. Nick Khan's got WWE. When does Sheer Khan take over Impact? <laughs> Is that Tony Khan's dad? I think no. it was last year, Archie. No, Sheer, <laughs> you don't know who Sheer, Sheer Khan is. The Jungle snake. Book and, and Tails, Tailspin. Disney. I know Shaka Khan is. I know Shaka Khan is too. <laughs> she's uh, she's taking over MLW. Yeah, she's taking over MLW. She's taking over MLW. No, Nate, we're both wrong. She's taking over Ring of Honor when it opens back up. <laughs> as long as she brings back Selena De La Renta, I'm cool. Right. <laughs> Shaka Khan. going to start running NWA. Shaka Khan. Running the fucking wrestling is so funny. Now there was, if I'm not mistaken, when Awesome Khan was in Impact or when it was DNA, 
She was managed by a woman in full-on Indian garb with the face mask and everything. That was Raja Khan. Khan. Yeah, Raja Khan. <laughs> Let me rock you, Shaka Khan. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> We're delirious. Yeah. What the fuck is going on? Pro the wrestling's ending. in the toilet. That's what's going on. Right. The ending rape <laughs> scene of Aaron Shield throws us into a tantrum. Did you? Uh, or back to Disney, a tailspin. Nate, did you? Did, <laughs> did you guys see or hear when Jim Cornette? This is one of the best. This is one of the best shows we've done did in you, six months. Thank you. I love this it. show. But did you guys <laughs> hear Jim Cornette talking about that picture of Nick Khan and The Rock? Yes. No, with Nick when he Con. talked about when he talked about Nick Khan's sister, yeah, Nick Khan's sister, and he was like, "There was Nick Khan and The Rock and his dumpy ass sister." <laughs> <laughs> and Brian Lass was like, "Don't be mean." He's like, "I'm not trying to be mean. I'm She's not. I'm I'm accurately describing her. Don't be looking." <laughs> okay. Yeah, I thought it when I first saw the picture. When I first saw the picture, I thought it was a make a wish. I thought it was a puppet. I thought it was a little. Oh, God. I have to find this picture. I was like, why are Nick Con the Rock with that puppet? (laughs) Apparently, they all used to hang out when they were kids, but. Yeah. All right. This one has. I'm wrapping. ALS or whatever. (laughs) I'm wrapping this shit. Archie. Yes. For any of our collector fans, I think they should join the World Championship Cup. I'm sorry. Nick Khan's sister is in a puppet with ALS. Sorry. Join World Championship. Join World Championship Customs and the (laughs) Asylum. For all your figure needs, for all of your custom needs, for all of your meet and greet needs, because whatever you need, we promise to deliver. Absolutely. And um, on top of that, speaking of Mr. Mitchell, yes, please join him every week on the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network for If You Smell What the Arch is Cooking with yes. his Ever so capable co-host, Mr. Mark Brew. I have been impressed with Mark's performance. And, um, I want to meet this guy. I love the show. Anytime you'd like to be on, Aaron, you're more than welcome to join us, even if you don't watch. You guys talk you about can... new stuff. I can't talk about new stuff. Well, that's okay, though. You can just chime in with what you don't like or what you do like. You know, as a, you know, there are weeks I don't watch Raw, and he's talking about Raw, but I'm watching NXT, and... And he doesn't watch uh, an AEW one week. I'm talking about it, you know. Well, so let's bring Brouhaha on this show. We can do that too. Do you think he's ready for that, Archie? Do you think I he's think ready he for is. this shit? I think he <laughs> is. Uh, we just got to pin down a good day that he's not busy and we're all not busy and we can work it out. Aaron. Nate. Plug something. Like stew in the basement? <laughs> I, don't, I don't swing that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I will plug something. I will oh, plug. You little, little rhino. Yeah. yeah. 
Take it like a champ there, you little bitch. <laughs> I guess the title of this show is Stew's a Bowl. But anyway, go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> Take it like a hoss, like Ross. Like, no, Jesus. God, kid. it's getting worse. Yeah. I don't think Stu Hart rapes his own children. <laughs> I should hope not. <laughs> I put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I said begging for him. Um... What I'm gonna please rape out, rape out. Please edit. Out. I can't. I can't at this point. It's you. Please you've said it like out. seven times. Please edit out. If I edit it out, you're gonna be like, yeah. Please edit out. Too hard raping his own children. Um, I would like to promote the Reliving the Extreme podcast. Yes. I know that I have the year that was, and I half-assed my way through that, and it's fun, but the um, thing that I like the most is the Reliving the Extreme podcast, and I know that Nate does all the work on it, and I just talk, but that's the thing that out of everything that's in Nate's podcast world, it was the it was the thing that was my idea, and mm-hmm. it's the thing that I. <laughs> what was that laugh for? <laughs> Go ahead. Go you ahead. don't think it was my idea? No, it was totally your idea, wow. and that's why, as as my little brother, it is also the show I put the most work into. <laughs> Editing that show is is a, is a task. And it's wonderful, and I love it, and I laugh the whole time I edit it. But because I'm a, I have to, I have to edit it. <laughs> I have to edit it because everything can't hit the air. So anyway, one day though, we're going to open a Patreon, and it's then already it's already in the works. It's already in the works for 2022. And there's going to there's going to be there's going to be a Patreon for reliving the extreme. Where everything is going to be available. But anyway. So, like I was saying, Reliving the Extreme, that is my, I shouldn't say my favorite thing to do. It's it's my, uh, how do I say, my baby. It's the thing I like, and I don't do anything other than talk on it. But if you guys don't listen to it, I don't know what the fuck you're waiting for. Listen to it. And also listen to the year that was. It's okay. But it's still reliving the extreme. <laughs> and, as, and, and, and I would encourage you all to listen to any of the shows, of course, here on the WrestleNet Radio Podcast yes. Network. Um, we have a great time. We enjoy each and every one of you. And 2022 is going to be huge for every single show on this network. It's going to be huge for what we do here as a company. And I am very excited. And the thing I'm most excited about at the moment is the hall of fame. I have, I thought you were going to say that you were going to start paying. us. Go ahead. Actually, I have to get paid first and not be in debt, but <laughs> <laughs> Once but, that happens. Yes. 
What I will say is the thing I'm the most excited for is coming up very soon. I have one more ballot floating out there, and he knows who he is. It's the Hall of Fame. It's almost there. And I guarantee you there are a couple of guys that are guaranteed to be in there this year. I am very much looking forward to the Hall of Fame. And and actually, I want to welcome a couple of people to our our uh, our ballot this year, our, our committee, I guess, if you will. Um, everybody from last year is still there. Uh, but before we sign off, I want to welcome two guys, uh, three guys, actually, to the ballot. Um, D.B. Richards, who is the host of <laughs> Funny Story, Originally, Reliving the Extreme was the 2300 podcast. What I didn't know before we started it was somebody already owned that. Davey Richards? D.B. D.B. Richards. Not Davey Richards. But he and I actually became friends because I stole his shit. But anyway, (laughs) he is on the panel. Um, Dave Dynasty is on the panel. Um another podcast host and host of his shows on the Dave Dynasty Podcast Network is on the panel. And Aaron knows this guy. Another guy that's on the panel this year is um, author and podcast host of Deathcast, Ian Totten. Yeah. Nice. So, on the fucking show. So, and he will be for the Hall of Fame shows. So I want to welcome those three guys to the panel. And uh, thank you to everybody, including Aaron and Archie and Chad and et cetera, et cetera, for being on the panel. The Hall of Fame is coming soon, class of 2021. When that is being my said, time to shine showing up. What's that? When is my time to shine showing up? Archie, do you want to once again remind Aaron when the Hall of Shame is? It's is in June. June. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a long time. Aren't you running out of nominees? I will never. <laughs> it is professional never. wrestler, right? Run out. Just the last the last decade the last two years alone we can get enough nominees. Yeah. I got All right, dink, guys. I got dink in the chamber. I got fucking um pink uh, wink. Pink wink. I got Nicole. Nick Khan. <laughs> and, and, and hey, can I ask you guys just one more question? Go ahead. What is what is Tony Khan's dad's name? It's a weird it's a weird name. I can't pronounce it. I don't I think it's Sheer? No, <laughs> no, it's not Sheer. I saw Hold the guy I, I saw the guy. Did he make his money fucking robbing trains in the nineteen hundreds? Not that I'm aware of. Have you seen his mustache? His name is... I'm going to pronounce this horribly wrong because I do this to all names. His name is Shahid Khan. Shithead Khan? Pretty much. S-H-A-I-D. Do you see his picture? Yes. Does he not look like an 1800s train robber? (laughs) He does. He does. That's how he made his money. Robin Trains. Uh, let's see. Does it say how he made his money? Robin Trains. I don't know if it was Robin Trains, Aaron. Look at his picture. How did Shaheen Khan become rich? In 1978, when he left alone from 
he left with a loan from a small business administrator to start a company called Bumper Works. No nope. con developed a bumper that has since become an industry standard. I don't feel um, that way. I feel no, I feel no, shit, you're right. He robbed he robbed trains. I feel shithead con <laughs> made his money by robbing trains. Look at his I picture. Think you're right. I think you're right. He looks like the and then along came Jones, the guy. He fucking robbed trains. He looks like he looks like an old timey train robber. They can edit all of this out, but I'm saying he won't. He won't. No, I'm saying like like snide, snidely whip rash. You know what I'm talking about? Hey. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's what the fucking guy looks like. He looks like a goddamn snidely whip rash where he fucking ties people with fucking trains, train tracks and shit, and steals their fucking money. He looks like an old timey train robber. Like he's getting on the fucking train and he's putting a goddamn six shooter in your face. And he's like fucking. It's cowboy shit. <laughs> Let me help you now. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Adam going around, bitch. That's, that's why. That's why. That's why Adam Page is his champion. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He's like he's a real hero. He's the only <laughs> one who got me. I'm Snidely Whiplash. <laughs> Whiplash and fucking. And then fucking Adam Page rolls up. Cowboy shit. He's fucking goddamn John Wayne. That dude looks like he robs trains. Well, I gave Aaron a sound off, and I gave Archie a sound off. So here's mine. Everybody, if you're not a member of our groups, join them. The WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network group. The We Can't Wrestle podcast group. The Reliving the Extreme podcast group. Archie's If You Smell What the Arch is Cooking Facebook page. Give it a like. And to sound off, as I said earlier in the show, we must be going. going... Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next time around. Good night, everybody. Three, four, eat that whore. (laughs) (laughs) On the Weekend Wrestle Podcast. (laughs) Sorry. I can't let you have the last one. (laughs) The Weekend Wrestle Podcast is a production of Maxin' Out Media. All rights reserved.